Hello and welcome. Bienvenido. And assalamu alaikum. Welcome to AO Access to Success, the podcast series developed by the AO Access Task Forces to broaden your perspectives for personal and professional development. Today's podcast is hosted by Dr. Marinis Pirpiris, the lead for the AO Access Task Force Mentorship. Hello, my name is Marinus Papyrus. I am an orthopedic surgeon from Melbourne, specializing in trauma and joint replacement surgery. I am the AO Access Lead of the Mentorship Task Force, an AO Trustee, and the Asia Pacific Regional Chair of Community Development. I am delighted to be hosting this podcast in the AO Access to Success series, looking at facilitating personal and professional development by exploring dimensions of clinicians as leaders. I have the pleasure of welcoming our co-host, Dr. Lynette Spaulding, for today's podcast titled Inclusive Mentorship. We have the honor of discussing this important topic with the AO President-elect, Professor Tim Poleman. Lynette, may I hand over to you to say a few words and introduce our guest. Thank you, Marinus. Hello, everyone. I'm Lynette Spaulding, a UK trainee in trauma and orthopaedic surgery, and I'm a member of the AO Access Mentorship Task Force. I have the pleasure of introducing Professor Tim Poleman from the Saarland University Hospital, responsible for the emergency management in orthopaedics and trauma surgery. Tim has widely published, and we are very honoured to have him share his thoughts on inclusive mentorship today. Tim is also, as Marinus mentioned, the president-elect of the AO Foundation and is leading by example, making the AO more diverse and equitable organisation by acting as an inclusive leader and mentor. Lynette, Marinus, uh, thank you very much for this kind introduction and I'm very happy to join you for this podcast, diversity, inclusion, getting young talents involved into AO is certainly one of the main topics of the incoming presidency, but not only for the presidency, as you usually need a program, but this is something which really pushed me forward for more than 30 years being involved with AO. Because my experience, you know, in the early times when I was a, a young resident or young fellow, that this was basically the group which really fostered me most, which trusted in me and gave me confidence to go on in my career. And I'm more than happy to share my experience. And I've been uh, the chairman and director of an independent department in, in, in trauma and in trauma orthopedic surgery for more than 21 years. And we always um, tried to have an equal distribution between female doctors and male doctors between people from all over the world. We've completed, as you know, the AO Access Mentorship Programme pilot, and we're about to launch the full AO Access Mentorship Programme. One of the intended outcomes with this programme is to match people and work with them on self-identified gaps in non-clinical topics to give mentors and mentees access to networks which historically they haven't. This is a software-based mentorship program, so open and available to our members throughout the world. 
Being an inclusive leader is of the utmost importance. How would you define being an inclusive leader and mentor? This is a difficult question, and there are some uh, whatever official answers, you know, how you can manage this and how this can be given. I personally think it's more in our personal mentality. This is how you were brought up by your parents, how you explored uh, the world, how you were pushed forward and fostered, you know, in, in your training program in school and in my opinion, it's more or less a curiosity about other people, which basically made us all work as doctors or surgeons. And on the other hand, to see the world with open eyes, you know, that we need everybody, that everybody can participate and everybody can bring something beneficial into a team. What is uh, the official rule? This is basically that you need to have a visible commitment and that you articulate authentic uh, commitment to diversity. And this is certainly something which is a little bit uh, forgotten if the routine everyday struggle for getting your patients treated, for uh, fulfill all the obligations of an academic position, teaching, and everything that comes on a daily basis. So in, in my experience, you have to step back and say whether you're still on track. But certainly it's absolutely right. You need the commitment and you have to articulate the commitment. The leader only has it in the head, but nobody knows that he's thinking about this. It's about humility. Uh, you should be modest about capabilities, uh, the openness to admit mistakes and create a space for others to contribute. And in our program, you know, from the first day, we said, okay, we will talk about complications. We will talk about uh, whatever went wrong in the department. And I think it's my obligation as a leader to always join as first person my mistakes and openly uh, talk about those. Because this opens up the mind to everybody and uh, makes clear, you know, that everybody can equally participate in a mistake is an opportunity to learn for the future. But this is something which you have to live every day and every hour because, you know, the moment you set aside your mistakes and talk about the mistakes of others, it's certainly the wrong path uh, we are taking. Awareness of bias. I always say, you know, the longer I'm um, a leading surgeon, the more lonely you get because if the age difference, if you're starting a department is uh, not very high, um, the, the, the people you have to govern and you have to lead are basically your same age and it's much easier for them to criticize you. But if you have a little distance and they left and you have younger residents and fellows coming in, you actively have to step back and say, okay, I'm basically on your level and I have to learn from you and you bring new ideas in and you bring ideas in I haven't seen yet or I could not see because, you know, my um, evolution is started 40 years ago. You started only 10 years ago or five years ago. But you have to be aware of this. This is something what I always say every morning, you know, I have to actively whatever setback and, uh, and articulate and 
know that just by saying a, a simple sentence through the distance um, of the governance, it has a completely different meaning than to uh, saying the same sentence in your family or in your peer group and with your friends. And as I said before, it's a curiosity. It's not only the curiosity about other specialities, it's about the people, you know. Uh, I, I'm always surprised to know that people really want to go into trauma and that they want to work and they want to work with me. I'm, I'm very happy with this because we somehow we, we share the same passion. But it's nothing which is just given. We have to be aware, you know, that we need this team and we have to, we are depending on everybody and everyone in the team being part of the cleaning being part of the OR staff being part of the doctors being part of the managers they need to give input but the whole machinery you know the whole system only can work if everybody gives input so the expression is always we need everybody and to the personal ability, everybody should participate and bring something in. The question about cultural intelligence and effective collaboration, this is certainly something which is also in the agendas and in the books, but it's difficult to to teach it. I My mother always said, either you have it or you don't have it. If I feel that I have shortcomings, I try to work on this, but I have to admit that nobody can be perfect, especially me, cannot be perfect all around the clock. But if you have a more inclusive team, they also see this, you know, that if you try to do your best, you will not always be successful, but this helps you over the times when you are not successful, you know, when you're angry, when you are not a good person, and mostly they understand and they know that the times will, will change. Yeah, this is basically what, what I think, how, how to manage uh, inclusivity. It's not a five-point plan, which you have to follow and everything is great, but it's a, it's a lifelong struggle for somehow being integrative uh, to your team and to your peer group. Oh, Tim, that was, a, that was a terrific answer. And, um, you know, within that, there were some great goals and actions and behaviors that you mentioned. And um, I think that visible commitment, the humility, the awareness of bias, the curiosity about others, cultural intelligence, and I think the effective collaboration are great lessons for everyone, myself included, and our younger members to take away from that commentary. Now, would you share with us what actually motivated you to start thinking about being inclusive and how can uh, you be more inclusive as a leader? I think it, it already started when the term inclusivity was not a management term. Uh, it was in the early 80s, in the late 70s. Um, I started in the Hanover Medical School as, as a resident. And basically, we, we depended on each, each other. And our leaders gave us uh, the feeling that they need us. And I can remember uh, the first emergency room participation of me. I was a three-month uh, resident. 
and there were plenty of people around. You know, there was a severely injured person coming in, and you had the whole emergency room team in fully set uh, in those times with about 20 people. But somehow this team gave me the feeling that if I do not perform perfectly, the youngest one who only was supposed to, to watch, um, the patient will not survive. So I think this was the, the turning point that I said, okay, when we can transmit this commitment to everybody involved, then we really come forward. And this is something which I try to do during all my career. And it, in, in my system, it does not make any difference, you know, if, if they are female doctors or whether they are from, uh, from, from other countries, if uh, they have different behaviors, they are all treated same because we, we need their competency, we need their input, Whenever the language barrier somehow is overcome, they are all treated same in, in the team. And um, it's, it's not a program, but it's just a daily living on a group which really depends on each other. Uh, thank you, Tim. Yeah, now would you uh, share with us what inclusive means in the context of mentorship, you know, as we're about to launch our mentorship program? and why it is important when mentoring others. Yeah, this is a turning point in AO. You know, we, the AO was a, what we would call nowadays a startup in the, in the early 60s. And uh, so it had to be inclusive. You know, this was a special group of, of persons. They were set outside the universities. Now we are more mature. You know, it's a, it's a worldwide organization. It's a great organization. We have a lot of money. We have a lot of programs. But we have to keep the ability of the startup, you know, to bring young persons in, to bring persons in of all kind, like the world, and give them responsibility. I think this is the major task that this generation change now really has to speed up and um, it's great to see the same faces all over the, the globe, but it's even better seeing younger and, and new faces coming up and taking responsibility because, you know, the solutions we learned 20, 30 years ago might not be the correct solutions which are necessary today. And uh, there are people like Lynette, you know, they, 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 this generation sees the world in, in, in different eyes. But these are the right eyes, you know, for the future. Our perspective is uh, having our future uh, formed 30 years ago. So something like this, we, we have to speed up this uh, turnover. And representing a worldwide global organization also means, you know, that we need global, worldwide, diverse representation in our officers and committees. Clearly, you have a wealth of experience that you've developed over the course of your career. And when you talk about the development and progression of the organization, can you name two or three things that excellent mentors do, either from your experience of being a mentor or having been mentored yourself? 
I would not dare to really give advice because I do not consider me the perfect and inclusive leader according to the books. You know, it's all about personality. It's about you behave and we are all humans. You have good days, you have, have bad days. I think the first, what, what I see if I face a problem and I'm angry and I think the team is not performing very well, uh, I try to step back and say, what's the matter with me? Because usually it comes back to something that you yourself are unhappy or not organized very well. And at least in the afternoon, uh, this comes back from the team, like a wave uh, slashing back. So it's certainly a good point to start with you yourself, you know, uh, always to reassess, you know, that you are fair, that um, you are doing the right things and treating the, the, the people right. The second is, uh, this is certainly what, what I frequently underestimate, that you also um, discuss and communicate the positive sides. Um, thinking back to my young career, this is what, what I was missing most, that nobody really appreciated uh, some extra work I was doing. It was clear everybody had to do extra work, but um, it really motivated most if somebody said, okay, this, this was really great. And sometimes for, for the leaders, it's difficult if you personally think it could be more, but then you have to step back and say in the relation, it, it was great and uh, keep on because, you know, the benefit out of this is, is much more than uh, what you're commenting. And maybe the third thing, third thing is asking your team what's, what's going on. And they are much closer to the problem than the, the chairman and the director. You know, this is a lone position. You are sitting at your desk. You have a door which you can close. Somebody who was in emergency room was in OR who had the night shift. They are much closer to the problem. And, and usually they also communicate much more practical solutions. Not everything can be fulfilled. But this is also something we have a forum, we, we meet with the fellows to openly and behind closed doors discuss what's going well and what's not going well. And they frequently convince me or make clear to me that we have to change things I thought would be good. And the same is, you know, that uh, you have to meet your people once or twice a day that the team itself knows that they are not alone and their problems are heard and uh, that they get help if they are somehow overloaded. Yeah, that's, um, that's great, Tim. And, you know, on that reflective element, and I think the power of mentorship is often reflection, yeah, what are some of your thoughts about what may prevent people, us, from being inclusive mentors or allies uh, for both women and also for younger professionals who are of the diverse backgrounds. And what are your thoughts on strategies with which we can address some of those um, issues? And perhaps to round it all off, perhaps you could share your thoughts of what it's looked like when someone has acted as an inclusive mentor for yourself. We 
have to be open to include uh, people who want to participate. You know, this is something I always say, it does not really matter about the, the diversity. We want to seek the best people for, for the team. And we now have a, a different world, you know, surgery is quite conservative part of, of medicine. We do injury to the patients, so we have to be very, very careful. But on the other hand, we need people who fit into a system having a special relation to, to the patient. And at the moment, at least in, in Germany, we are seeking doctors. This makes a difference. You know, by this, many departments are getting much more inclusive because we need people to, to help us. This was different 30 years ago, you know, for every open space, we had 20, 30, 50 applications. So this from, from a completely different standpoint uh, promotes uh, in inclusion. And I, I think this also helps to uh, increase diversity. From the more uh, management standpoint, it's always better to have uh, different views in your team. So if we get more experience from people with a different background, uh, this always helps to, to, to level out our general attitude. You know, we, we are more curious, we are more open for, for new solutions. So this is especially for a university hospital. I think it's, it's a very good thing to, to do. With a female-male relation, their trauma and orthopedics are still very conservative all over the world. In our department, for the last 21 years, we really worked on solutions to, to integrate family and work-life balance into orthopedic trauma surgery. This is not heaven, you know, it's, it's horrible and the, the, the political direction is set, but we worked on, on the daily problems. It's about childcare accessibility. It's about off work for fathers. It's about basically we were up to 50% female and male doctors. And it ended up, um, Tina Histing, two and a half years ago, was the first elected university chairwoman in, in the Tübingen program. But it's it's not yet over because it's a it's a permanent struggle because we we cannot really overcome the the problem that giving birth to a child is not equally balanced. So this is an additional burden which is put on the females. But on the other side, we have to make sure that this does not overwhelm them from going completely out of the career. And at the moment, um, we are working on more practical solutions because, you know, the, the necessity is set. You know, politically, in these discussions, we always say we need to have this. But the little things, they are distracting from realizing this. And this might be, you know, that you don't live in the, the county which is eligible for the morning childcare at six, or that 
it might be better that you are working part-time for for a certain time or that nowadays home office is something which also includes scientific work in these family things and uh, we always uh, made sure that the the burden of staying home with the kids is equally distributed between males and females so we, we have some couples working here for me and several couples working in the university so it's not the recipe which i said one two three and everything is great it's a long struggle and a long uh, stony way but we we have to be aware that we should not stop somewhere in the middle of the way so as our last question for today you've touched on this already when you've talked about making um trauma and orthopedics a more family friendly environment but what sort of other organization or system change do you think is required to help create more inclusive environments and inclusive mentors basically which really will foster that in the western european system the search for specialists is now really boosting so we we, we need people we need academic people and we cannot really afford that we leave uh, a percentage of those well-trained people out so this is something which is beyond your your personal habits on the other hand if the if the rush for the talents is on the way it will be that the departments the hospitals the units giving the best conditions to combine family work life balance they will make the race to to get uh, the the best heads so i think the need is there we I have not realized it everywhere at the moment and the position for for the young generation is fairly good because you know when our generation applied for a job you were happy if somebody said yes and there was no room for whatever negotiations if we talk and have interviews they are now very confident to ask you know what is about the childcare how can we work part time uh, how can we arrange this do i get time off you know for whatever lectures or conferences uh, how could you help us to manage our career at the beginning we started 20 years ago uh, many of the leaders were somehow surprised but now it's a, it's it's a very equal uh, talk and interview and um, it leads to a more mature relation between the residents fellows and, and, and the boss you know the 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 distance is decreasing between those levels uh thank you tim and uh on behalf of Lynette and myself and and all our listeners I'd like to thank Professor Tim Poleman, the AO President-elect, for sharing his experiences and insights very honestly today. The perspective shared with us and the AO community provides some very useful guidance for individuals and uh, their organizations. I'm sure everyone would agree that inclusive mentorship and leadership has incredible value and contributes to sustainable and effective healthcare and really is critical in moving us forward to provide the best care for our patients. In closing, I'd like to thank all of you for listening 
And please continue to look for our AO Access to Success podcasts on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for great insights and discussions like the one you have heard today. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the AO Access to Success podcast series. Be sure to visit our webpage to facilitate your personal and professional development by exploring dimensions of leadership at AO Foundation. Who we are about AO, AO Access. To join the conversation. Thank you.